0: Hey, Coach, it's Chrissy from Buzzing with Miss B, and I'm so glad you're here to listen to Episode 9. Today, I'm here with my guest, Lynn Mussel, who is going to share with us all about creating structures for instructional coaching to support growth on your campus.
1: Thank you so much for being here, Lynn. Thank you, Chrissy. It's fun to be here. I have to say I've never done this before, so please (laughs) forgive me if I... um... Go on a tangent or forget
0: my thoughts. <laughs> you know what? I have to tell you, I dragged Miss Muscle into do. Oh, see, I usually call her Miss Muscle. I have a problem calling her Lynn because she was my first principal as an instructional coach, and um, so I dragged her into doing this. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, I will help you because she's a wonderful person." But um, she's also very nervous about it, which is totally normal and to understand. It's really weird for me too. <laughs> so this is only my ninth episode. Okay, so we're we're all getting better at this. Um. I want to do a little introduction of Miss Muscle really quickly so you know who she is. Lynn was a principal that I mentioned in my previous episode about my path to coaching. I sat in an interview with her and I cried.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) remember. Well,
0: so do I. It left a mark and she persuaded me that coaching was the direction I was supposed to go even when I was really nervous and scared and not really thinking that I was ready to leave the classroom. Uh, later, I I was really thankful that that happened. It was the direction that I was supposed to go. But at the time, it was was really scary. So I learned so much from watching Miss Muscle uh, speak to people about how to communicate, how to phrase things, and especially whenever people are upset or pushing back, how you can communicate things and help them figure out their next steps, even whenever they're really frustrated. So that's why she's the best person to talk about how you can support your changing school by creating structures for instructional coaching and for teacher support in general. So she's going to give us the administrator's perspective, and that's a good administrator's perspective. Not every administrator will have the same ideas, um, but I I really think she's going to help us uh, shed some light on how we can make coaching successful at the campus level. So, Ms. Muscle, can you tell us about your experience in education, especially as an educational leader?
1: Yes, I can. I would first like to say, if you are a coach or looking to become a coach and you're interviewing, uh, referring back to Chrissy and her tears... (laughs) you know you have a person who is dedicated and committed to making a difference for children when they cry when they tell their story so if you can bring up that passion that you hold for making a difference when you're interviewing I'm pretty sure you will get the job too
0: (laughs) that does not mean (laughs) cry necessarily Only
1: if they're natural tears anyway about me I just recently retired uh, I was an educator for thirty-four years. I was a teacher for six, an assistant principal for five, and I was a principal for twenty-three years. I, with that many years, I can honestly say I was in the gambit of of many different trends and and, um, I guess just really trends in education, and I survived. <laughs> And learned a lot along the way and I think that that is maybe a key to all educators we never stop learning we always keep growing Uh, and that that is what I did and and I got along pretty well and love the work that's
0: great that's impressive because um, education is exhausting so (laughs) it is so how would you describe the role of an effective instructional
1: coach what does that look like Well, i think the role of the instructional coach you're really in the middle you're a leader and you're a team member and that can be a really difficult place to be but if you think of your role that way i think you can make a difference because you're leading and trying to move the school forward with with the other leaders on campus uh, and you're working with the team members, so you have to be a, a team member too. So you've got your foot in both camps, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that maybe is the key to thinking about your role. But there are, are other things um, that fall into your role. Uh, you have to be a practitioner. You're not above the work, you are in the work. Mm-hmm. You need to be knowledgeable about best practices, and especially those that your campus or district has chosen. Um, you need to be a supporter, a cheerleader, an analyzer, a researcher, a friend. You have to wear many, many hats. You're that all-around person um, who's in there solving problems, putting out fires, supporting, finding resources. Um, does that sound like a really big job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Because it really is. <laughs> yeah. I I think that maybe covers... Do you want me to expand on any no, of? No, I think
0: you're good. That's the most. That's the majority of it. Is everything?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, have you seen the role of a coach change over the years? Well, with being a principal for 23 mm-hmm. years, yes, it has changed dramatically. Originally, um, the leaders in this role, and I may not have been called a coach, but it, mm-hmm. it's synonymous with the evolving change in the in the position. You know, they took care of some gathering resources, purchase orders and purchasing resources, um, kind of compliance things. Mm-hmm. And it kind of actually really started with those, those kinds of uh, issues. And it's grown into more and more uh, being an actual instructional leader and, and the keeper of the knowledge, the very specific knowledge and steps to build the practices. Mm-hmm.
0: that's a good point and that's I remember whenever I applied for the position it was term it was called a school-wide literacy literacy lead I think school-wide literacy lead something like that school-wide
1: project coordinator oh my gosh you're right school-wide <laughs> project
0: coordinator but they were using them as literacy leaders yes. but it was some pe- people were doing more of like what you're talking about which was just kind of being present and an re- available resource and then mm-hmm. some people were doing more coaching and then over time the district really nailed down what it was they wanted their coaches to do Ex-
1: exactly so mm-hmm. It's less about purchasing and paperwork and more Mm -hmm. about working with people. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, that's true. Because that's how you make change happen in a classroom. It's actually working with those teachers.
1: And with the demands of education today, you'll notice it's a growing role in Mm -hmm. almost every school and district is supporting that kind of a role in Mm -hmm. the schools.
0: Yes, that's true. And I think. Yeah, I wonder what states are really on the forefront of that. You know, if you see that more in some states than others in terms of defining that role of a coach or if that's just kind of across the board now.
1: I would imagine it's growing, but I would imagine there are states that that don't have these roles just yet. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Or they have like part-time teachers, part-time coaches. I know a lot of people who do that. Oh my
1: goodness, can you imagine doing that job? (laughs) That's exhausting. (laughs) Being a coach
0: is so difficult. There's always more that you want to do and I can't imagine trying to split your time. Uh, you know it would just be um, spinning your wheels because you you can't do anything really well you would feel like because you're pulled in so many directions
1: that can be true Mm -hmm. and so something to think about that think about in relation to that is make your priorities Mm -hmm. and those things have to be first Mm -hmm. and so being in classrooms being with teachers supporting teachers to support students has to be the forefront even though the other stuff can get in the way. Mm-hmm.
0: That's very true. It can. My mom always says, you always have time for the things you do first. And she says it with kind of a, an attitude face because she's <laughs> like, oh, you you had time to clean the kitchen. I remember growing up, you had time to clean the kitchen. You always have time for the things you do first. So what did you do first today? So That's
1: actually a good way to think about it. Yeah. What do I need to do first today? Yes.
0: What's my big, they say the big three to help you focus. Yeah. What are your big three for the day? Your big three for the week? Your big three for the quarter? Okay, so in kind of in thinking about that, you, there's so many different directions that you can go with coaching and with supporting the work of a coach. So what are some of the essential structures that have to be in place for coaching to be successful? In, in your own experience, what are some of the structures that were especially important in, in growing your school and establishing that coaching um, role on your campus?
1: All right, well, I can talk about the, <laughs> the best case scenario, but it, in general, coaches can be successful no matter where they are. Mm-hmm if If you have the the right mindset to make a difference, you can um, but let's talk about maybe some optimal um conditions mm-hmm. that would help you to be a good coach for your so for your system. I can talk about some of the things that we did that were supportive. We were trying to build well we had to build a school of growth because our school was not growing it and it was not really a good place for children and so in in building the structures we started with working with teachers and uh, we did that through a professional learning community situation and actually our district was was going in this direction and getting us training so that was very helpful that we we had the training and the philosophy behind it to help us build that our PLC's were always about planning together as a grade level which uh, was important for us we because we were changing so much and our our instructional practices were changing and so that was a really critical piece uh, the planning together with teachers what we did to help support that is all of our support staff our, our instructional coaches, our librarian, our technology support person, uh, the assistant principal, the principal, the, we had an interventionist who worked with students. Um, all of those people were, were, came together as part of a leadership team. And we got together weekly, just like the PLC groups did, and we solved our problems. We looked at test data through the week, uh, or anything that came up. We looked at um, maybe some discipline issues that came up. We, l- we looked at, I was in this classroom during my walkthroughs, I noticed this, X, Y, Z. Um, and so it was really our way to problem solve and plan our week and our focus for the week. So we had the PLCs, we had the leadership team. We had data meetings once a week as well because data is really critical to building students. And you need to start by looking at the class. Well, start by looking at the school, and then the grade, and then the class. But the really important work is looking at student by student. If you want to build an exemplary school, you do need to look down to the student level. But those data meetings became very important. We had data meetings as school as a whole and grade level in our leadership team. And then those grade levels took it down to the student, the class and the student by student level. Um, And so that's where we found some of our problems of practice that we needed to work on in the near future, like this coming week. Some of them are not week-long problems. Some Mm -hmm. of them are bigger. but, But this is how we started building... Uh, what we were doing together and we each had a role I I should backtrack just for one moment and say our leadership team uh, actually served as that group together and then each of those special people were a liaison to a grade level so they took information and things from the leadership team and and dispersed it to the grade level and they helped and did the same practices that we did as a as a leadership team for the school as a a leadership team for the grade level which included all the grade level teachers and that support person as a liaison and we were lucky enough we had really highly professional practice practitioners uh, on our leadership team and we We worked really well together Um, and they had experience in the different grade levels and so they had good support because they had been there at least for a while in their career. So we have our PLCs, we have our leadership teams, we had our data meetings. Mm -hmm. We also set up once a week so we could learn together as a school and we call those, we chose our faculty (laughs) chose to meet on Thursdays after school and uh, we call them learning Thursdays imagine that very (laughs) creative
0: so creative (laughs) Uh,
1: um, and you know our district had adopted some best practices and this is where we would practice those together Um, and it was a really important time to come together as a faculty because we are a team we are a, a family of sorts um and so to celebrate the successes of the week or the month little things that came up and to work together on solving a new benchmark that we came up with it may be learning how to do guided reading at your your level so we start with all the basics that go into for example guided reading uh, as a faculty as a whole because there are common elements to all Mm -hmm. and then we would get more specific uh, down to the grade levels uh, and help them build those st- strategies. We also um, next we could say um, had a had a system of visiting classrooms. Uh, I always had the philosophy you inspect what you expect mm-hmm. and uh, that that is what makes things happen if if you are looking for guided reading structures to be in place, and if we're just getting started it's not about perfection it's about are you on the path Mm -hmm. and so you get on the path and you just start reading a book with a small group of children that have like needs and we can help you build from there right we have a coach with with a lot of um, knowledge and expertise but we just need our people to get on the path and so accepting people where they are i think is a really important Point, mm-hmm. and then accepting all those who want the help, mm-hmm. and get started with those, you can make a big a big dent.
0: I think the point that you made about um, inspecting what you expect, and you used to say that all the time. You <laughs> you inspect what you expect. Um, if we don't see that a lot. And I think that's the issue. Principals will often initiate a process and say, OK, we're going to have PLCs and we're going to have, you know, this is the expectation this year is everybody's going to have a science notebook and it's going to be an input-output notebook. And I want to see that basket of science notebooks on your counter when I come into your classroom. And I'm I'm just speaking from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically remember that one, that command, which I was fine with. As a classroom teacher, I was like, OK, I will put my basket on the counter. And we use them all the time. And I enjoyed that practice. I had no problem with it. And then nobody ever came to look at it and so I don't know if anybody else was visited but I certainly was not so I think that whenever we tell teachers this is the expectation this is what you're going to do and then nobody ever follows through on it they go oh you really don't care about that thing you said you were gonna check on it but you haven't so then you really it's not really that important so why am I gonna waste my time on it you have the teachers who are really earnest and want to follow through on what they've been asked to do Mm -hmm. and they get frustrated because they're doing all the things and their neighbor is not doing all the things. And then that teacher who's doing all the things is like, why, I'm just gonna do what I think is best. I'm not gonna try to do this thing you said was a campus initiative because clearly I'm the only one here doing it. So then everybody gives up.
1: And I think that's a valid um, feeling. Mm -hmm. And so you inspect what you expect. So if the initiative is to create interactive science notebooks Mm -hmm. with an input and an output, then you collect notebooks or you go to the classroom and you look through several Mm -hmm. you pull some out randomly Mm -hmm. and then you give a celebratory note to Mm -hmm. those who have done it uh good job you're on the path hey what about adding the output piece Mm -hmm. or uh, just you know encouraging them to take that next step but the fact that they're on the path needs to be celebrated Mm -hmm. and and appreciated because it was an important initiative. And when you do something school-wide, you can make a difference Mm -hmm. in learning for children.
0: So how do you address, sorry, I don't know if this is the direction you're gonna go, but how do you address the teachers who didn't? So that neighbor who didn't do the science notebook, for example, what does that look like?
1: It might start with a note. Mm -hmm. Hey, I didn't get your science, or I couldn't find your science (laughs) notebooks when I went to your classroom. Mm -hmm. I'll be back on Tuesday next week Mm Please make sure they're on the shelf by the door or wherever. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you. So uh, assume it's a positive situation mm-hmm. uh, and work from there. Mm-hmm. And possibly if they haven't done it, they're like, oh, no, <laughs> I better get something going. Mm-hmm. And that's all we really want. If you haven't gotten it going, let's get it going mm-hmm. and we can build from there. Mm-hmm. So if you go on Tuesday and there's nothing, then you say, you go and find them if they're not in the classroom and you talk to them and say, hey, where are the science notebooks? And they'll probably honestly say, I know I need to start it, I just haven't been able to get find the time to get it going. And that is a very real answer. Mm-hmm. And so then you say, all right, I'm, I can help you with this. Let me ask Chrissy or the science mm-hmm. coach to come by after school tomorrow she'll bring you some notebooks we she will help you get them started hmm and once you're started they can keep growing right but let's get on the path to starting the situation mm-hmm. so you find a resource that can help hmm
0: and I have noticed I know that's a that's an issue a lot of coaches have is a, a principal will say well I need you to go see miss so-and-so because they haven't started their science notebooks or they're not doing guided reading and and then they're directed to go into a classroom and and sometimes teachers are not excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> teachers are like, oh, you're here. When, and they, they look at you as another administrator or as somebody who's out to get them because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do and they're in trouble now. But I have found that the way that you led that conversation with the teachers about calling in extra support, most of the time I was not met with that resistance there were some. <laughs> there were definitely a few. But most of the time, it was like, I, I would say, oh, Miss Muscle asked me to pop by and see what I can do to help you with your science notebook. She said that you're starting to work on that. And they'd say, okay, well, how about Wednesday?
1: And, and even <laughs> if they weren't excited, they weren't belligerent, you know, for the most part. Well, I think the key to that is make is one, addressing it from a positive place. Mm-hmm. This person is busy and possibly overwhelmed with this extra initiative, which is a really good one and will support the learning. So it it behooves us to do this. Um, However, getting it started and finding the time can be very difficult. So assuming people are coming from a good place, is a really good place to start, Mm -hmm. because I honestly do. We are asked to do a lot, and many teachers become overwhelmed at times, balancing the many responsibilities they have for their home and families, and the many responsibilities we have for school and the children we serve. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, the way you approach it makes a difference. Let's just get started, it's good, it's all good. Let's just start Mm -hmm. and see where we can go with this and make it happen because it does support learning for students. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think what helps also is you're focusing on a specific thing and saying, Chrissy's coming to help you with this and not saying, look, I'm gonna send Chrissy in because we need some change in that classroom because that is scary. And that is hearing that it means somebody's going to come in and tell you how to do everything, and that's really overwhelming. But if I can say, I'm here to help you with the science notebooks, but there are other things going on, once you help the teacher in that one area, you can say, let's keep working together, and what else can we do? And you can try some different things, and that relationship can grow once you've addressed the one thing.
1: That is a really good point. And once again, when you make it invitational from a positive place, mm-hmm. Um, it does make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so that is exactly what you did by saying, let's start on this. Mm-hmm. Every, there's lots of good things going on here. Right. Let's build from what's what's strong mm-hmm. that's and, great. and make it stronger. That's great because
0: it respects the teacher as a human being and as a person while understanding that they need to do something different. <laughs> they need to try something. Exactly. So I think that's a good balance. So I think, were there any other um, structures that you wanted to talk about? that were really effective?
1: OK, I was talking about uh, classroom visits. Mm-hmm. I I routinely visited uh, at least half of our teachers every week in a, with a walkthrough. I documented those walkthroughs. I always found something positive, And I always found something, hey, try this. Mm-hmm. Or I noticed this. You could even make it better mm-hmm. because we were a school that was growing. We were building our skills. We are never finished growing. And so no matter how good you are as a school and no how good your data is, there's something that you can keep growing and working on. Otherwise, you are going to be left in the dust because <laughs> uh, the world is changing mm-hmm. each and every day. And so the classroom visits, I think, are really important. And, and finding the positive and finding a, a positive thing to work on is a. Uh, is also part of keeping that growth mindset in place our coaches did the same thing and so they made coaching visits and and found the good things about whatever they if it, we were working on guided reading or science notebooks or whatever it was uh the the, the coaches were in the classroom finding the support and giving ideas to to build uh, also finding the celebrations uh everybody needs a celebration in every walkthrough mm-hmm. so that was data that we also used um, some of the things that we did review we we looked at lesson plans because that was really important that one they were done and two that people were using them if they we're not using them let's not make them but they they are important so let's use them mm-hmm. um we looked at common assessment data and saw oh this person got had really great results, and hey, I even noticed little Chrissy here, who's been struggling, got a really good score, so let's have her come in and talk to our grade level at our next PLC meeting and talk to about what the things, how, how she implemented the lesson plans that everybody had, but had, had more significant results. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we learned from each other. We reviewed, we had guided reading binders, and so those were turned in. I want to say every three times a year, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, three or four times, I think. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Once in nine weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. I oh, that sounds right. All right. The <laughs> retirement brain is kicking <laughs> in. I don't remember how many times, but it was a regularly scheduled <laughs> event. It was on the calendar when uh-huh. we walked in the first day of school. Uh-huh. Um, what other kinds of things did we re- inspect? We, we really were. Keeping track of everything. We did.
0: And it it could have, it was a lot, but it did open our eyes to some things. So we we collected guided reading levels every month. Oh, that's true. And we Mm -hmm. would notice if students were stuck, we would notice, um, it wasn't about necessarily um, looking to see if, kids were on grade level, it was looking to see if kids were making progress towards where they should be, or really progress no matter where they were. So if our kids were at an H for three months in a row, something's wrong. Something's not happening there. Do we need to change the instruction? Do we need to change the materials? Do we need to look into RTI? What's going on? So that was just kind of as an outside party, I could look at that document and say, okay, something needs to happen here. Let me check in with this teacher that's going to pop in and see, hey, so-and-so is is stuck here. What Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on? And then we can make a plan of what to do next.
1: And, and that was one of the ways we were getting down to the student level. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that's that was one that I remember especially looking through. We also, one thing that I started to do over time, and I don't know, <laughs> people might not love this, um, but I, uh, I started to look at, district assessments and i know that district assessments are not the end all okay <laughs> i mean i i they're just not they just can't be you know it's it's one assessment for thousands and thousands of kids i mean that's it's not going to be perfect they,
1: they sometimes seem like they have flaws yes yeah, yeah and
0: it's people you know just as busy as you who are trying to write these and get them out in time so what was helpful to me about that is i would look at the report of the district assessments over like the last few months If it had been a whole semester in school and that child has never passed a district assessment, I wanted to know why. So I would ask the teacher, I'd say, you know, I noticed Horatio has, um, he's getting in the 30s and 40s on every district assessment. We haven't identified him as a student in need of extra support. Can you tell me what's going on? there and and sometimes it was oh he doesn't want to oh he doesn't want to do this oh he doesn't so then we talked about well where is he you know in guided reading where is he in all these different areas so we could kind of pinpoint what was happening whether it was just test taking skills or if it was you know more of a behavior um, motivation issue or if he was really struggling and needed some counseling support or if he needed to be RTI'd and so that's that was really helpful to me not because I wanted all the kids to pass their tests but because if a child wasn't and we weren't doing anything in, different than what we were doing for everybody else, then that was a red flag to me that we needed to do something.
1: Exactly, and a very good point about getting to the kid level. Mm-hmm. If you're going to change your school, you change it child by child. Mm-hmm. And I and found oh sorry go ahead. I was just going to say, and if you really believe that every child can learn and that you are there to, mm-hmm. to support every child to be the best that they can be, then that's what you do.
0: Yes, that's and I found that more helpful than looking at report cards. Because sometimes report cards, there are different reasons that those, those grades might not be, well, you all know what the problem with report cards are. So I'm not (laughs) going to get into that, but, but, you know, it doesn't always tell you what you need to know. We'll say that. (laughs) So how do you establish structures when teachers are pushing back against change? Because I know that was the year before I got there. You really set up a lot of structures that had not been in place prior to that and i'm sure that was a very challenging year with a lot of pushback we added a couple things the first year that i was there but a lot of things were in place already um, even just the day and time (laughs) you know (laughs) just having the day and time on the calendar was a big move that had not been in place before so what was that like
1: well setting up the structures Mm -hmm. you you start with just the basics like Developing calendars and the first mm-hmm. year we actually developed them month by month because as a new principal to that school um, I Had to, I didn't know what some of the non negotiables some of those things that had to happen because they were part of the tradition of the school oh, yeah. And so with the leadership team that that was one of our general responsibilities We tried to set up a draft calendar for two months in advance and then we'd use that to, to finalize the calendar before the new month started we would send those out to everybody uh the the first hopefully before the first of each month um and then at the end of that first year we were able to make a draft calendar of the of the non-negotiables the things that we did and stood for uh and so those were were ready for the first day and of course then we still continue to update two months in advance and give the final draft the month right before the month started Mm -hmm. and so starting with something like calendars it just starts to build a sense of expectation and it supports teachers in knowing what's coming up i know i have a meeting on thursdays after school i know i i have a a grade level meeting whatever day the grade level had chosen Uh, i know i have plcs on tuesday or whatever day the school uh, has chosen to have those mm-hmm. so those are things that are in their calendar and they start to become routine and and that's really what you want to build is a sense of routine uh, that these things just happen automatically whether you plan for them or not because everybody's mm-hmm. ready for them yeah um, and so at first it, it's it's work because they're not routine but but right. then they become routine and part of your your system and and it feels like, oh, Normal. my gosh, we're off task because we missed something. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, after a while, people say, oh, we're not going to have PLC next week because it's a short week and we have this and that. So what can we do to be ready? Right. And that is like, oh, wow, you've actually, this system, it, this structure mm-hmm. is working for you. So you you actually need it. you Exactly. Know? And that was amazing whenever That's that happened. That's a really cool place to yes, be. It. It, ta- it took a while to get there. <laughs> So. <laughs> it takes a while, but I think the point you make of putting them on the calendar, making the expectation clear, and then just being consistent um, and really spelling out what ch- what each of those structures looks like because they have a different purpose. You're not going to take PLC time the whole time just sharing strategies if your purpose is planning.
1: Right, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. You need to focus on planning, mm-hmm. and that that's how ours was. Mm-hmm. I know some PLCs, that's when they actually learn about strategies and, mm-hmm. and new things. Uh, ours was always about planning together and uh, being, trying to align our practices. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's excellent.
0: Now, what do you do? I do know, I mean, I wasn't present, obviously, whenever you first established PLCs and the structure of 90 minutes. And so if teachers were saying, no, 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 we don't have time for that. No, 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 what, then what do you, how do you push back against that in a, in a you know purposeful way?
1: Well, let me think. <laughs> did you because start with data? Did you? Well, yes. Some do. Okay. okay, I was going to actually say that. Okay. The other thing we did that first year is uh, our district had some sort of common assessments. They, they got better and stronger and, and mm-hmm. different, but I know there was something that we were tracking. We were tracking um, guided reading levels on our, lead- on our conference room walls, and then we had a section for each grade level, and we had a poster that we made uh every time we took a test mm-hmm. as a grade level and and the scores would go up and they were by teacher by class in in the leadership conference room they were not by student those mm-hmm. were those those levels were more at, at the classroom level although we did have some student by student data in there mm-hmm. um, but as the leadership team we were looking at the big picture so the first year we didn't really make a lot of growth in that but it It helped to build the expectation. My name is on the wall next Mm -hmm. to my score. Mm -hmm. It was not a gotcha. It was like this is our reality. And so if I'm there, oh my goodness, this is a good opportunity for me to ask for some help or talk to my friend next door who got better scores. What did you do differently or or how did you implement these plans that we made that was different? Mm -hmm. Because I can do that too. Mm -hmm. So... That's really the best growth we made that year is just accepting and and becoming a system that our data was on the walls and Mm -hmm. people could see it. And I didn't necessarily like that my data wasn't always good Mm -hmm. or it felt really great when my data was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can celebrate that until my next... (laughs) Test.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, I think that's a good having a common talking point having the data as a, as a place to say look we, we have some growing to do and these are the structures that we're going to use to help us do that is a good place to start even though that's a very uncomfortable conversation to have
1: it can be but once mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. just like with helping approach a teacher who's not it, it's our reality mm-hmm. so it's it, we're like, like Rita Pearson would always say you're on the path Uh So we're on the path. We don't have zero. We don't have twenty-five. We maybe have Mm forty-five percent passing, or hopefully a little higher than that. But (laughs) but hey, we're halfway there. Mm -hmm. We're we're almost at fifty. Mm-hmm. And so let's celebrate that and then dig into those uh, mm-hmm. test scores and find out, well, which are the teaks that we're struggling with? Mm-hmm. Which what kind of questions are this the kiddos struggling with? How how can I help meet the needs of my learners mm-hmm. so they are successful in thinking through these kinds of test questions. Mm-hmm. And so data you cannot argue with data. <laughs> it's yeah. it is what it is. And so so accepting it and, and building on it because it's not over until uh, the the last report card is handed Mm -hmm. out and the last test score test is turned into the state that's when we can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know all this time we're making sure students are passing students are learning students are getting stronger they understand the test well first they understand real reading and writing and being mm-hmm, a mathematician and a scientist, mm-hmm. but then how they can use that knowledge on a test. Mm-hmm. And, and so they need practice with the test. We did not do a lot of practice, but Being familiar with the way Mm -hmm. they need to share their knowledge is also critical.
0: Yes, building that bridge so they can apply. This is what I learned authentically. This is what I can do on paper. This is what I can do in a testing situation. It's just—it's only fair, I think, to give them that opportunity. As much as I hate test prep, (laughs) I
1: agree. But well, some of the stuff we were doing with test test prep, and this may be an idea for coaches to Mm -hmm. share is we taught a lesson on inferencing, Mm -hmm. but it was, we used real literature, Mm -hmm. and we used good discussions, and group work, and getting heads together. And So, like, we made it real, Mm -hmm. but then at the end, we can say, now this is what it might look like on the test, Right. Um, here's a question. Mm -hmm. And so you might work through that one question together as a group, and you might have one more that they could use as an exit ticket. Mm -hmm. And then you can see, who's getting it uh, in the test-like way, Mm -hmm. because you can see who's getting it through their discussion, through their little uh, activities that they're doing throughout your lesson, but then are we making that bridge? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, I think that was probably the best way that we did, um, the best thing that we did was, it's small, it's not dominating your entire lesson. I mean, there are times when you have to work on test-taking skills that it's gonna exactly. take a longer time. But you can just build a little bridge and just start exposing kids to the language and structures of those questions, to you know what it's like to find evidence in a short text that's maybe not the most exciting. Um, <laughs> but it's it's they're applying the same skill. They know how to do it in a different context. Right. So you just wanna say, this is what it's gonna look like in this context. And that's a more, I think that's a, a, a more kind way and i think it's a um, a better way to do it in the long run because you're not saying you're not teaching it in isolation you're right. teaching the test taking as a kind of way to represent your learning about this idea that's a really
1: important idea exactly yeah and and we found many times the students c- could do it in the real way mm-hmm. with a real book that they're reading yeah but it didn't always transfer to the test right so you do have to make that bridge mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. I'm not totally sure that that might have been off topic I think but it's I, great. it was an idea <laughs> that came to mind right then yes it is
0: March that... and coaches are <laughs> looking for ideas right now for testing support because they're seeing a lot of drill and kill in their classrooms and they're like how do I help them you know get there so that's I think that's a great thing to do a great okay strategy. good I got yes. a, I
1: got a brawny point too yeah
0: <laughs> um so okay we talked a lot about the school being in flux right a school in you know going through change, which is kind of stressful and scary. And I remember walking into a school going through change, and it was very stressful and scary. And, um, you know, tensions are high, and um, teachers don't always know how to respond to it. And I understand. It's, you know, change is very stressful, even good change is stressful it you know is, we're having our right. bathrooms remodeled right now <laughs> that's a great change yeah, i don't know if you can hear the guy cutting the tile in the front yard i'm trying to <laughs> minimize that but i don't know and it's a great change and we're excited but our stuff is all in disarray so you know change is stressful no matter what so how what qualities could you, do coaches need to demonstrate in that environment because like you said they have a foot in each camp they have a foot in the teacher camp so they get why teachers mm-hmm. are, are are having trouble with this change they also have a foot in the admin camp in not that they're administrators but they have the perspective of the administrator they can see from from that perspective and know what needs to happen so what qualities should a coach demonstrate to kind of juggle that
1: <laughs> i think possibly the most important one is to build the trust and if you if you're brand new you have to start from the start and you have to walk your talk if you say it do it if you what sta- we talk about here stays here, those kinds of things, build trust. Um, if you break trust, it's very difficult mm-hmm. and you may never get it back. Mm-hmm. So you want to start from, from the beginning being, having integrity with the things that you do. So if, if people trust you and they're feeling overwhelmed with the thoughts of change, they will come to you and say, I can't take it anymore. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and and that is a real thing that happens because they may not come to the principal, but mm-hmm. they may go to our coach, who they know has has an ear to the principal, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody should have an ear to the principal. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> coach maybe can address these issues if they're if they're uncertain about approaching the principal, mm-hmm. and so if somebody comes to you and says that's say, okay well let's put, let's think about this what could be some ways we could we could alleviate some of the stress because if i if i go to lynn or whoever the principal is i need to take some ideas about how we can fix this or make it a little better we can't you know take everything off the table but maybe we Hi. can make it better And so sit down and have a problem-solving conversation. Both of you give ideas and and say, okay, so this is what we've decided. Do you think this is a good... All right, now, do you want to take this to Mm -hmm. the principal? Or no, you can take it for me. Or no, I can go talk to her Uh or him. Um, Either way is good. In fact, I I think it's great if the person who really had the issue comes forward. But it... It is what it is and it's it's good as long as you know there's a problem uh you can be part of the solution mm-hmm. uh, so that's maybe one idea um
0: i think it's a big one because i, I as you were describing that i can remember that happening so many times <laughs> but it, i mean it took a while to get there obviously you know to build the relationship with teachers and some teachers like you're saying never really quite got there uh-huh. um but The majority of teachers, I feel like they could say, this is a problem that I'm having, and we could brainstorm, we could talk, we could say, well, what's something realistic we can do? What's a plan we can we could make? And then I would say, Do you want to share this with Miss Muscle Or do you want me to share it with Miss Muscle? And sometimes they were like, No, that's fine, you know, or or even sometimes it was such a small thing it wasn't even in needing of your <laughs> approval. It was like, oh, well, we can just do that. That's we could do that anyway, Those are guys. That's
1: kind of problem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the ones that you don't have to deal with, right? Yeah. So we were like, this is this is a problem that we can solve ourselves. It's just we need to change something about what we're doing. But it's not gonna require anybody else to tell us we can do it. We right. have some some autonomy. In certain areas, um, so I think that's a really good, like being honest and being building the relationship with teachers and being a problem solver.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. I, so that that's probably the key there, just holding that problem solving. Mm-hmm. Hat, um, hat on your head mm-hmm. and trying to work on it that you can look and see uh, are is there something that we're doing that's now superfluous mm-hmm. to because we have this new strategy or or just is too much and and it it doesn't serve the purpose it once did is there something we can take off the plate and boy that would be a big celebration if you could find <laughs> those things mm-hmm. that that you could do you could plan um to just have something fun say you know i made some cookies and uh some hot chocolate Mm -hmm. come by after school on your way out the door i have you know or just come by and Mm -hmm. say hi or whatever yeah uh and just have a moment sometimes we would do that uh, on our learning thursdays Mm -hmm. you know we always had sodas and water we generally did not have a snack, but sometimes a <laughs> I, little snack. I remember a lot of snacks. <laughs> they called it the Capistrano Ten. Is what our Capistrano Fifteen is. What... <laughs> All right. Well, so let me explain that. There's not a lot we can do for teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are tied to government funds, and and mm-hmm. that's the way it is. But we can, if we are having a purposeful meeting, mm-hmm. we can. Uh, have a snack, mm-hmm. or a treat, or a dessert, or a, an hors d'oeuvre, or <laughs> a candy bar, mm-hmm. or... Or a uh, brownie sundae. Uh, <laughs> I remember that one distinctly. <laughs> or, or some, you know, if it's a, a holiday meeting, mm-hmm. our people at, at Capistrano liked to have lunch together. Yes, they did. And so we always prepared for that and mm-hmm. and that was one thing we could do to show that we appreciate what you do mm-hmm. uh, my campus before Capistrano liked to go out and and just be yeah, in the world that's what we, we were <laughs> as a teacher
0: we were like where are we going if
1: we're <laughs> sing, we're ready to roll but <laughs> um and so you just whatever uh, your campus mm. likes um that's how you support them mm-hmm. and so if they go out to lunch then you can really have a good snack or a uh, break <laughs> in the afternoon mm-hmm That's true. Uh, And so just little things, you know, a little note in their box, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a little mini candy bar with a a note on their desk. Those kinds of things can mean a lot uh, and they don't take a lot of time. So Mm -hmm. that's not an official role. Right. um, But it. It is something that's nice when you're trying to build change and people are starting to feel the stress of that Mm -hmm.
0: it's great It it, that's a really good point because it shows that you you understand you know how stressful things are you probably feel just as stressed as they do in a different way and that you acknowledge it and you appreciate what they're doing so it's kind of like being this positive problem solver like we know it's hard you're right let's see what we can do, and then build that positivity through it, through the work. And
1: honestly, sometimes all they just need to know is that you get it, mm-hmm. it is stressful, mm-hmm. and we're, we're all in this boat together. Yeah. One, one thing we also did, when we had, um, especially a full day or half a day, but even sometimes we'd, we'd fill them in on learning Thursdays when it's just an hour, um, we would have a team building. Mm-hmm. And we'd laugh and mm-hmm. we'd have fun. Yeah. And our our people love to compete. They really
0: did. <laughs> and that's so foreign to me because
1: I do not like
0: competitions and I, I like did not enjoy Team win. Builders as a teacher. I was like, wah wah. Here we go. But these people loved these they competitions did. and we <laughs> laughed. And they would go. I mean,
1: they were running all over the school. Yeah, and, literally. We we'd
0: plan scavenger hunts. They were running. They were like trying to thwart each other. It was amazing. <laughs>
1: So whenever you can laugh together and mm-hmm. have fun, it's a great stress reliever. That's true.
0: You know, I remember one, it was a small thing that you did, but and I, I was working with a grade level at the time. I was still a new coach, and they were. I felt like they were still unsure about me, and I didn't really <laughs> know them as well. But you had us go around the table and say one kind thing about each person or one thing we admired or something like that about each person. And it was such a small thing, but I still remember that day. That was my first year of coaching, and I remember – the things that the teachers said especially the ones who I thought didn't like me very much and maybe they didn't but they still were able
1: to find a nice thing (laughs) they showed their respect for your knowledge and they they were yeah yeah,
0: they were very very kind I was and I think creating those moments where people have to be kind to each other even if it's like awkward and you don't know how to do it it just creates a space for you to well you've made that little dendrite you've grown that little dendrite Mm -hmm. of being nice to that person and, and so over time it, that can grow Some
1: place to build from. Yes. And that actually is a, is a good structure to, that you could start making as a common practice that we mm-hmm. do here at our school is we have uh, our little circle or go around the table. We did that mm-hmm. at leadership teams where you had to sell, yes. share a celebration for the week. Mm-hmm. Something that you or your grade level or something that you ran into by chance even mm-hmm. uh, that was a celebration to show that we're making steps forward mm-hmm. and, and growing as a campus. Yep. And that's, that's, put, write that one down. That's a good one and it costs nothing. And it, it gives you a, a lot of uh, bang for, your, a of for your little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one.
0: Were there any other characteristics that you wanted to share about, about the coaching role for supporting teachers through change or is that pretty much sum it up? I
1: think I might've, I don't have anything on top of my head, so I guess <laughs> okay. I'm done.
0: I think that's a good one. I think that's being a positive problem solver is, is huge. A positive, supportive problem solver, I think, is enormous. And exactly. if you can establish that as your coaching personality, that's that's really meaningful.
1: And And it's a great way to build trust and connection with your people because you mm-hmm. supported them in something that they brought to you that they thought... Might be like Impossible. a little tricky or, yeah. or a problem or mm-hmm. nobody's going to do anything about this or nobody's going to listen right. to me. Right. Sometimes I'd say, oh, we can figure that out. And they're like, okay, thank goodness. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just so stressful. It's is just it so, and it is. And especially when your school's going through change as a teacher, you're like, how much input do I have right now? What, you, don't, you really don't know what the system is going to be. like. You're like, well, some things are non-negotiables. How much is non-negotiable? I right. don't know. So exactly. they're, they're figuring out their, their position in that. It's hard. Um, so, okay, <clears throat> what this is a tricky one. What could a coach do to work with teachers more effectively if their administrator hasn't created this culture on their campus? Because what you're talking about is creating a culture of growth and learning and supporting each other. Working together, right? So if that's not in place, and also so, accountability, right?
1: Yes, if that's, accountability is huge. It is,
0: and it's not. I never a gotcha. even said that it's big a, word. I know you did it. I know I said <laughs> but, the a word. But everything I
1: talked about <laughs> is all about accountability. I know, well, the inspect and the expect. Yes, yeah, yes, there you go. Exactly. That's accountability. That's just a nice way to say
0: accountability. <laughs> so accountability looks, you know, different. But basically, we're all accountable to our kids. For their learning. Exactly. Right? And that's coach, our whole
1: purpose for being. Yeah.
0: And as a coach, I was a, uh, accountable to my teachers and to their kids,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly
0: through, through the teachers. So everybody's accountable. But um, what could a coach do if that cal- culture has not been established? What can a coach do to kind of work, really support teachers and growth, almost
1: despite <laughs> the culture? The, okay. So the first thing I would do is reflect and say, okay. This is my reality, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of an island upon myself. How can I affect change in this school? And and so you make a list. And one of the easiest ways, I think, to try is to reach out and say, I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. I can come in and model. I can give you feedback. We can plan together. We can go look for books together mm-hmm. uh, for my guided reading. we I, I list all the things that you can yeah. do. and and who 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 comes back to you who says I'd like some help mm-hmm. and start with those mm-hmm. because those are the people you can you can help they probably are people who are doing a pretty good job usually yes <laughs> but why not build on their strengths right. and as a place to go and then mm-hmm. they'll start telling their oh well Chrissy came in and, and and did a guided reading lesson for me it was really mm-hmm. helpful for me to see it in action mm mm-hmm. um, And then somebody else will say, and that's very easy to have to watch you teach their children. It's very Mm non-threatening because you're doing the work. Mm -hmm. But it's an excellent uh, learning situation because they're seeing their students reacting to questioning and reading and seeing the strategies in action. Mm -hmm. And so if you have to do a guided reading lesson in every classroom, go for it. It is a place, a way to get in. Mm Um, Kind of like what
0: you were saying. Just get started. Just start somewhere. And if you have to start, my advice is always start with a friendly. If you've got a team of resistant teachers, if you've got a campus that has never had coaching and they don't know what your deal is, Uh they're not comfortable with you, start with a friendly. Find somebody who's excited. And maybe it's not that they have everything going on, but they have some good things in place. and. And you can you can start in that room, and then you can use that as leverage to get into other classrooms.
1: Exactly. Ask them, to, will you please share with your friends in yes. your grade level? <laughs> can you give me a was... good review on Yelp? <laughs> <laughs> a- and tell them to ask me. You know, I mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna you're gonna go out and actively seek people, but the ones who come to you mm-hmm. are amazing. And and I would I would get um, I, I right now I'm retired, but I'm do I am coaching some some new in turns um mm-hmm. first-year teachers and uh that's the suggestion I give them I say go find your coach mm-hmm. and ask them this is exactly what you want to ask them Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good and, and ask them to come in and help you with this mm-hmm. I said they will be so happy mm-hmm. that you are asking for help because that's what they're here for and that's what they want to do
0: yeah that's great yeah that's um the idea of explaining what your what your services are letting people know explicitly this is what i can do to help you because if they've never had a coach or a coach who was going to do the work anyway sometimes like if their role was more administrative or like you mentioned earlier then they may not even know what you're there for (laughs) one time somebody did ask me i I had just started there and somebody was like well what do you do I was like, "Have you not seen me? Like, I'm here. I'm everywhere. What do you mean? What do I do?" But she was kind of being snot, and that's you know. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I think I actually have um, a a free challenge that you might be interested in. That's right up this uh, in the same conversation topic: coaching resistant teachers. It's a five day challenge plus one day, and uh, I'll leave the link for that in the show notes so that you can register. Because if this is the challenge that you're having, getting into classrooms, especially if your admin is kind of MIA or (laughs) maybe they don't follow through as much or haven't created the culture for coaching. There are some things that you can do that will make an impact on your relationship with teachers so that you can actually get into those rooms. And um, so definitely sign in, sign up for that because it'll be straight to your inbox. Five days plus one tips of things that you can actually do to change your relationship with teachers
1: excellent so. that sounds like a good idea Oh yeah, <laughs> thank you I would love to listen to those myself <laughs> yeah they're short
0: videos Be- every day so
1: e- even though I'm retired I still like to learn I know that's
0: why you're such a good model uh, <laughs> that's why you're such a good <laughs> principal you, that's I you're mean really so and, and a good mentor for these new teachers too <laughs> thank that's you great they're so it's fortunate. great
1: work I love it
0: yeah that's good that's exciting it's a good great way to keep um giving your 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 knowledge, sharing what you know, you know, and supporting these people who don't always have that much support.
1: I, I have found that to be true. <laughs> yeah. And it's the one thing I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm using my knowledge, and, <laughs> and and it challenges me to see how what advice mm. can I help um, these new practitioners. Mm-hmm. That's anyway, great. That's off the top. That's beautiful. No, it's <laughs> excellent. Okay,
0: so what if you had one main takeaway for any coaches listening today? What would it be? What is the one thing that you think that if they walk away with this, they will be able to transform their school? All
1: right. This may <laughs> um, sound trite, but I honestly think it's the way to build people and that is accept people for who they are and believe that they are there to do uh, good things for students and if you come from that place uh, you will have people get on board with you Mm -hmm.
0: that's a really yeah people just want to be heard and accepted and then they can grow if you start where they are instead of where you would like them to be
1: yes yeah and find the strengths that they have Mm -hmm. and and accept it's not that It's not like, oh, you don't do this, you don't do this. You do this, Mm -hmm. and I can help you make it even more purposeful Mm -hmm. so that you get more bang for this 20 minutes you're spending with these kids Mm -hmm. in guided reading, for example doesn't that sound cool (laughs) it sounds cool to me who wouldn't want to work with that coach (laughs)
0: okay so my next steps for you today are you're going to schedule a meeting with your principal to talk about the structures you have in place for coaching and that might seem scary but I don't want you to go in and say hey we need to talk about our structures I just want you to think about what do you already have in place and then what are some adjustments that you might make then you can actually meet with your principal and say hey I had some ideas for this And a lot of times, especially those principals that are a little more laid back and maybe that's why you're frustrated, they will often say, well, try it out, run with it. You know, that was my experience with one of my administrators. He used to get really frustrated when people would come in with complaints, but if you came in with a plan, he'd be like, knock yourself out, (laughs) go for it. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. So, So set up a plan and meet with your principal and just see what you can do to adjust some of your structures to where they might be a little more purposeful and supportive of teaching and learning, really growth over time. The other thing is I want you to sign up for that coaching resisting teachers challenge because I really think that'll make a difference for you. Um, and then the last step is don't forget to use the hashtag, hashtag BuzzingAboutCoaching on Instagram. If you share a tip you've learned from buzzing with Miss B and you tag me at buzzing with Miss B, you're entered to win a free resource and every month one winner will be selected. So make sure you use that hashtag because I will send you something cool that will help you with your coaching work. And I want to thank Lynn Muscle for being here today because this was excellent. I hope that you listen to this one again and write it all down because if you were driving while you were listening to this, you're (laughs) going to want to go back and take some good notes because she had nothing but good ideas today.
1: Hi, Chrissy. You filled my bucket today. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: And uh, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at Buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching!